Welcome to Grace Notes. We've been studying Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray in order to better communicate with God. So far, we've established that God requires a certain spiritual posture toward prayer, that of a humble and obedient spirit. This shouldn't be hard to do when we consider who God is and who we aren't. We're not just coming into the presence of a king, which is humbling enough. We're entering the throne room of the King of Kings and the one who made us. Even if we can't physically bow in his presence, our hearts should be bound, our hands should be clean, and our words should be succinct without repetition. God knows what we think and what we need before we even ask. Though there are requirements for proper prayer, keep in mind that as a believer in Christ, we are free to come to God and bear our soul because though He is the Maker and King, He is also our Father. Prayer is a conversation between two people who love one another, between two hearts united in one through Christ. Before we begin our study, let's listen to a song about how awesome it is to be a child of the King of Kings. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to
schools are very important in our society. If you've earned a degree, you can legally add a prefix and or a suffix to your given name. This shows respect for your position. Isn't it ironic, though, that when Jesus instructed his disciples about the proper way to approach Almighty God, he didn't say to address him as the great unknown or to use all the titles attributed to him. He simply said to call him Father. Listen to his words in verse 9. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father. We're taught here to pray to God only, not to saints and angels. They're ignorant of us. They can't give us what we ask for and shouldn't have the high honors we give in prayer. Notice that the prayer starts with Our Father rather than Dear Father, the way we'd begin a letter. Our makes the conversation with God more intimate and direct. Also, our is used rather than my because we're to pray individually as though we were praying collectively with and for our whole family. We are the body of Christ, not many bodies. That's why unity is so important among believers. We are members one of another and are called into fellowship with each other and God. Matthew 18.20 says that where two or more are gathered in his name, he will be in the middle of them, directing, assisting, confirming, and blessing all they are engaged in. Now that's real family time. There's nothing more pleasing to God nor pleasant to us than to be able to call him Father. With God as our Father, what else can we expect from him? Psalm 103.13-14 says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. He'll listen and spare us, according to Malachi three sixteen through 17 Those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, I will spare them, just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. Luke eleven eleven through 13 helps us to understand the superiority of God as our Father as compared with our human fathers. It reads, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The gift of the Holy Spirit that God places inside us when we receive Christ as Savior ensures us that we are God's child and gives us the right to address him with holy boldness. The Holy Spirit also helps us understand God's words and translates our inmost feelings into words, even when we don't know what to say. What a privilege we have. Do we know this? As parents, we've come to understand more of what God goes through raising godly children. I remember one particular incident when one of our sons got involved with a wrong crowd and came home quite inebriated. We helped him to his bed and just sat on the floor and cried with him as he begged for forgiveness and prayed he wouldn't die. Isaiah 53 says that Jesus was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. 
He took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. So let's come to God, not as subjects to the master of the universe, but as children to the best of fathers, simply sharing his concerns and confidently telling him of our needs. And know that when we cry, he cries with us. Making a list of all of the good things you've done for me. Lord, I've never been one to complain. But right now I'm lost and I can't find my way. My world's come apart and it's breaking my
You've been listening to Grace Notes. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please write and tell us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047, or email us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise.